0: Life Notes with Sheldon where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Hello friends and thank you for joining me on this episode of Life Notes with Sheldon where we talk about ways to get you off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best self. And uh, I appreciate you joining me for this little time that we have together each week. And uh, in Farmington, New Mexico, where we do this show, uh, we have what's called the Connie Mack World Series. It's actually an amazing thing where we get, uh, you know, high school age uh, youth teams come in and play. And and in this World Series, it's an amazing thing. It really is. And, and if you haven't been uh, you just can't understand how how amazing this is for our community, for our kids that get to be in it, and uh for the families that get to host these ball players and the relationships that they have for sometimes years to come. It's really an amazing thing. And, you know, in thinking about it, there's probably, you know, a good 20 to 30 reasons why it maybe shouldn't be in Farmington, but is, right? We don't have an airport, hard to get in, all of these things you can think about, and yet... We do have this magnificent World Series here, and it hasn't been easy, one, to get it here and to keep it here. And there's been a lot of people who have put in blood, sweat, and tears and love to make sure that it stays in our community because it means so much to it. And, you know, in thinking about this, I think a lot of us have things in our life, maybe blessings, um, things that we enjoy, things that come our way, good omens, whatever you may call it, that, that maybe there's reasons why we don't deserve it. Maybe there's reasons why we shouldn't have certain things, but yet we do. And we are blessed and we have these things because when we love and when we give and when we care, these things come back to us, friends. They truly do. They come back to you every time. If you get an opportunity to be a little extra generous by giving a gratuity to someone maybe by helping someone who needs a a bill paid, maybe giving someone a little bit of extra work so they can make a little extra money right when they need it. There's so many little ways you can go out of your way to make someone's life just a little bit easier. And if you ever get this opportunity, which you will, within minutes or days, hours of, of listening to this, at any given time, these opportunities come up to do just a little bit more. And imagine what our world would be like if all of us just committed to do... Just a little bit more, just a little bit more in our relationships, just a little bit more in our workout routine, just a little bit more in our financial stewardship, just a little bit more in our savings, just a little bit more in our giving and just a little bit more in our living and giving thanks for the amazing blessings that we have and recognizing them, you know, and we can have a life that's extraordinary, where we have things like the Connie Mack World Series in a small town in our own lives, right? And, and you see these people, you see many people that are enjoying life, that are receiving amazing blessings, that are doing great things, big things, and uh, it comes by having a giving heart, a cheerful countenance, and a great attitude because these things are contagious, friends. And, uh, you know, I, I saw something interesting. It said people... By the reason why you do what you do. And you prove what you believe by doing what you do. And I thought that was really interesting. People buy your reason, people buy the reason why you do what you do. And I thought that was a powerful thing because, you know, what is our reason by what we do every day? What is our reason? What is our greater why? What is that deep sense inside of us that guides us? That was that moral compass, if you will. And that dream compass of ours? What is igniting your vision? What is igniting your dreams? And friends, it's so important that we identify that and that we take time to consider that because we get this one trip on this planet and it's so important that we take the initiative to consider what we're doing and where we're going and why. And so I want to invite you guys this week to take a little moment as you consider The fact is you see the parade and the ceremonial events and all of the wonderful visitors. If you're listening to this, welcome to our town. Welcome to Farmington. Welcome to the Four Corners community. You may not know it, but this is an incredible place and you are blessed to walk on this sacred ground and we are blessed to have you here. I hope that you feel welcome. I hope that uh, everyone feels privileged to have you here And that they treat you accordingly because we are extending a hearty welcome to anyone that comes in town for the series. And friends, I would encourage you to extend a hearty welcome to the blessings that can come into your life if you will open up those floodgates and allow them to. You know, an interesting thing happened to me once. I was in a remote village town in Mexico, central Mexico. And I was walking across this kind of cobblestone um, kind of city gathering point, uh, kind of crossroads in the street, and I noticed this little girl with her mother. And they had just bought some fresh eggs, and they had them in the basket. And she was kind of skipping and running, and splat. She dropped the basket, hit the rock, and, of course, you know what happened to the eggs. Well, this mother freaked out, and, you know, I don't blame her. They obviously, you know, where they were living— And from the looks of things, they didn't have a lot of extra money for more eggs. This was like probably their shopping trip for the day. But this mom proceeded to give this child a verbal beating like I have never probably seen. I mean, up and down, just yelling, you know, belittling, making her feel so bad for dropping the eggs. And and gosh, my heart just broke, you know. I was just feeling so sorry for this girl because I've been that girl although not a girl, I've been in her position. I've been that guy. I've been that boy. I've been that person who, you know, is broken that has messed up and realizes that he's messed up and then have someone reminding me right in my face that I messed up. It's a horrible feeling. And and anyone who's been there can have great compassion for those that have. And so I went up to the mom and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Here's some money for, for the eggs. How much were the eggs? Let me pay for the eggs. Let me buy you more eggs. And, uh, she was kind of prideful about it and was like, "No, no, I don't need this. I don't need you kind of get out of my face kind of thing." And I'm like, "Just let me buy the eggs." I mean, you know, then you won't have to be verbally abusing her. I didn't say that, but I'm like, "Please just accept this." And she wouldn't accept it. She was too covered up in or maybe her pride or whatever it was. She just was in that moment of wanting to be upset with her daughter and show her daughter how irresponsible she had been by giving her this verbal beating instead of just accepting the money and getting more eggs, you know? And here I'm proposing this solution that I thought would have just taken care of the situation, would have got the mom off her back and got her back on her way to skipping and being happy, and she just wouldn't receive it. And it was heartbreaking to me. It really was. It was heart-wrenching. And I've used that, and I've gone back to that story many times in my life, as I've witnessed this occur in so many ways and fronts in my life. That we often don't want to accept things when the universe, when God, when, when they come our way, when good things come our way, sometimes we don't want to accept them. Sometimes we are just disbelieving that anything good can happen to us. And I don't know why people get into that mentality. Good things should happen to you. Good things should be happening every day. You should be doing good things. Your life should be filled with good. You know, that's that's kind of a large part of the purpose of our existence here is to fill our life with as much good as we can. Jordan Peterson, I was able to see him in Arizona, and, and it was just incredible. I think the man is an absolute brilliant mind. Watching his mind work and his words, they just flow You know, there's this concept of flow, and I really think he's able to harness that and engage in it. And one of the things that he said was really interesting. He said, if you're wondering what you should do, this is what you should do. You should do the greatest amount of good in the smallest amount of time. And I thought that was really interesting. Do the greatest amount of good in the smallest amount of time. Do as much good as you can every opportunity you get with what little time you have, you know? That's what you do when you don't have anything to do. And when we're bored, you know, in our society right now of having extra free time and machines that do our dishes and our laundry and, you know, water is pumped to our house. We don't have long walks out to the river to gather water or gather berries and food. We're a lot different than civilizations hundreds of years ago. So if we're wondering and and bored and wondering what to do, here's what you do. You go do good, friends. Find the most good you can do. And do it in the smallest amount of time. Get out there and do good and good will come your way. I promise you this is true. Are you going to have things that happen that are tragic, that are hurtful? Are there going to be betrayals? Are there going to be, you know, sickness and illness? Is there going to be loss? Yes, there's going to be all of these things. Those are givens in life. It's part of what we have to do to get our train ticket punched. It really is. It's just part and parcel of what we have to and get to experience on this life. But those are just kind of stops along the way. And and the intermittent, you know, bar graph of our life should be filled with good, with good experiences, with good friendships, with good people. And if you're losing a friendship or you've lost a friendship, sometimes you can blame yourself. And you can go back and analyze what you did wrong or why it didn't work out, but friends, that doesn't do you any good. What it may be is that that was a seasonal friendship. That was a seasonal relationship. That was a seasonal partnership in a business, right? And sometimes we have these friends and these people and these coaches and these mentors, these bosses that can influence us, and they come into our life for a season, And it's a beautiful season, right? But but every season is different. Fall is very different from summer. Spring is very different from winter. And so have you ever considered that maybe some of those things that didn't work out were just meant to be seasonal? They came in seasons. And hopefully you took advantage of that season because you can't plant corn in winter, right? You can't even till the ground. It's just not going to work, friends. And you probably shouldn't try to make ice in the summer, definitely not in New Mexico right now. So there's these seasons in our life. And, and some of them are the season that you're in, right? We have roughly four seasons to life. Some of us are in the spring. Some of us are, you know, midsummer, you know, like I am. And, and some of us are fall, you know, getting late fall. Some of us may be well into winter. And each season is a beautiful time. And there's things to appreciate of each. But it can be those things with friendships and with relationships too. And so if you're going back and thinking, what did I do? How could I have done better? How could I have this? We should analyze those things. We definitely should. We should consider how we can be better people, how we can be better friends, how we can be better parents and husbands and wives. But we shouldn't constantly go back and wonder, what did we do wrong? We're somehow flawed because a friendship was seasonal. So many of them are. They depend on where we live. We've had people who live next door to us and we've been wonderful friends and they move across the country and it's just different. We don't see them as much. And sometimes they come into town. We're happy about it, but it's, it's different. That season is a different season. So consider what season you are in your life right now and consider how you can do the greatest amount of good in the smallest amount of time, wherever you are and however you are. And, Friends, as we do this, we'll start finding that we're going to have Connie Mack proportional gifts and blessings in our life. Because, you know, when you fill up your life with good, great things happen over the long haul. And you have this compounding interest effect where you do these good things and you invest in this good bank account, if you will. And it compounds over time and it builds. And it's contagious. And it's like a boomerang. Those good things that you do, they come back they come back to you. And that's a promise. And so I hope that this week as you go out there, you'll consider how you can do the greatest amount of good in the smallest amount of time. And so many of us sometimes make the mistake of thinking, well, how can I make a difference in the world? How can I make a change? And I think that the great spiritual leaders of any given time really taught this through example, that the way that we make a change is one by one. Sometimes there's great speeches that have been given, certainly the Martin Luther King. Others have given speeches that have been transformational and extremely powerful. There were kind of these one earth-shaking event type things, but the majority of what happens is on a person-by-person basis. One by one, we make a difference by serving one person, by teaching one person, by mentoring one person, because we put our time and our effort into reaching someone else, into helping them, and we focus our good on sharing with that person. And invariably, they receive that. And sometime in their life, it's like planting a seed. We have to believe and hope that it's going to grow within them, that they will be able to do that same thing and mentor someone else. You know, I lost a mentor in my life about four years ago and I was kind of feeling sorry for myself. You know, well, what am I gonna do now? You know, this was my mentor. And you know, his daughter told me something that really stuck out with me. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. She said, Sheldon, what you need to go do now is you need to go be an Uncle Bill to someone else. You know, your season has passed. You need to go and be that mentor for someone else. That's what you do now, not sit around and feel sorry for yourself, but you need to figure out how can you be a mentor to someone else. And that's the way we give back to those who have left us legacies as well. We continue their legacy of service and the good that they've done in our life. And we're able to share that with someone else. And so what are some good things that people have done for you in your life? Just think back, you know, who was that mentor? Who was that grandparent, that parent, that cousin, the friend teacher maybe? Who was that person in your life at at any given season that really made a difference in your life, that really touched and inspired, that, that was able to reach you because you knew they cared, that was able to reach you because you knew they were focused and they cared about you and they were vested in your success. So who was that person and what did they do how did that make you feel? How did that change your life? Now think about that for a second and then consider who's that person that you were back then. You know, if it happened five years ago or 20 years ago or in the fourth grade, your fourth grade teacher, maybe like mine was, Louisa Eschelman. other teachers that inspired and that, that made you understand, you know, a high school counselor, Robin Giacchino, who who made me believe in myself in a way I had never before. And inspired me. Well, who's that person that was you 20 years ago around you? Who's that child in your family that was you when you were in the fourth grade? Or who's that person, whatever time and season it was in your life around you, that is like you were then or is in the similar situation that you were then? And then as you determine who that is, consider what was done for you and consider how you can offer that to them how you can be that mentor, how you can be that teacher, how you can be that provider who gave them opportunities and perhaps a job, a scholarship, a something that helped them. And that, friends, is how we can start to do the most amount of good in the least amount of time. It has to be something of a focused effort because, you know, it's it, we can do the shotgun approach, but it's not going to be as effective in the long run likely as the laser focused caring investing and feeding of someone in particular and there's something powerful about finding that person who was you back when you needed it most there's something that really vests you in their well-being and and quite frankly you have some experience you should know better how to help because of how you were helped and i guarantee you You know, the interesting thing about the human experience is that I've talked to so many people around the world and around our country and all over that so many times I run into people who they feel like their situation or their problem is so unique to them, right? They feel like it's just such a conundrum that is only unique to them and only they know and only they understand. And... I was thinking about this driving across Texas the other day because you have a lot of time to be thinking about things because if you haven't ever done that before, you don't understand how Texas is, how big it is until you actually try and drive across it in 106 degree weather. So coming from Houston, driving home, I thought about this. I thought about how, you know, so many of us have this idea that our problem, our situation is so unique to us that no one else could possibly understand it. And often I go back to some of my early mentors and bosses and one is Glenn Gent, Cliff Horace, Horace Nissan. They're wonderful people. But something Cliff, both of them said really, and Glenn especially, you know, salesmen would invariably complain that well, we didn't have good used cars. You know, they're going down the road because someone else has better used cars than us. And Glenn used to say, I could go anywhere in the nation and if I go to the majority of the stores that aren't like specialty luxury stores, you're going to find the same basic combination of cars. Everybody has the same used cars on their lot for the most part. You know, there's some rare exceptions. You get that cream pie that the old lady really only did drive to church, not like people just say that, but it really was that car. You'll has those that stand out as exceptions to the rule, but the lion's share of lots across the country... We're going to have the same various and sundry SUVs and sedans and cars. And they're all going to be kind of the same thing, just in different order and different color. And none of us wanted to believe that because we, you know, thought that our problem was we just didn't have good cars. And that's why we couldn't sell. Well, no, our problem was we didn't believe that we could. And we didn't believe in our cars and we didn't believe in our system. And so it was a personal problem that we were trying to project on something else. And so many times we do that with what we're going through. Our problem is so unique. No one can understand it. And, you know, as I was considering that, I thought of Glenn and I thought of that car analogy and the car lot analogy. And friends, I assure you, your situation is not particularly unique when you consider that there's billions of people on this world right now. And when you consider that there's been billions of people who have gone before you and there are likely be billions who go forward and all of us humans have the same spectrum of emotion, the same spectrum of fear and joy and worry. And we're all going through the same thing. Every single one of us struggles with insecurity, feelings of betrayal, and perhaps wounds and things that we've experienced in uh, a long time ago. So many people are going through the very same thing, just in a different order, maybe a different color maybe four doors or two, one is an SUV, but it's the same crud that everyone has to deal with in life in one aspect or another. They just go through it at different times, and some people go through it and make it look easier and don't project that they're you know, drowning when they are. So don't make your situation that you're struggling with, whatever it is, so unique to you that you can't allow anybody else in your life to reach in and help you. Because when we normalize these things that we all go through and understand that there are others going through the same crud, wading through this murky depths of despondency and problems and challenges that we have, we're able to normalize that and allow them in to help, right? We're able to allow that person who wants to purchase the eggs and help us get this person off our back, going back to the analogy, we're able to open our hearts to that and we're able to let them in and let them carry some of that burden for us. And let them teach us how to better carry it ourselves. So friends, who was that mentor for you? Who was that person that made a difference in your life? Go back in time and consider who that person is, who was you then and help them and reach out to them and bring them joy and hope and let them know that they're not alone in the world. Their problem isn't the only problem. They aren't the only people plagued with those problems of life that we all have. Friends, whether you're enjoying the best of life or the worst of challenge. I hope you have a great life and I hope you catch some baseball and I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you.